0: Welcome, everybody, to Crystal Kyle and Friends. Today we'll be talking to one of my favorite YouTubers, RM Brown. Looking forward to that. I'm going to talk about the election and basically whatever the hell we want to talk about. So <laughs> that be should be fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So but before we do, there's a couple things to dive into. So uh, this popped up on my Twitter feed the other day. Apparently, the big man himself, Donald Trump, is beefing with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., which seems like a long time coming. But really, to this point, it's been like playing patty cakes with each other and tickling each other's taints. <laughs> right. Haven't they been sort of like Well,
1: I would say there have been two phases. There was initially the when RFK was running as a Democrat, all the Republicans, including Trump, loved him because he was like, you know, hitting Joe Biden. They found that very useful. And the minute he switched to independent, Trump didn't really say much, but his, you know, his apparatchiks did. Hannity John Hannity started going in yeah. every time RFK Jr. because he would go on Fox all the time in the oh, this is useful for us phase. But then once they flipped the switch and he would go on Fox News, they would be like, you supported Hillary Clinton and you did this. You care about the environment and you're terrible for all these reasons and hit him with all of his like, quote unquote, liberal positions. From the past, and now Trump is apparently picking up that mantle.
0: There's a ruthless pragmatism to how the right wing ecosystem functions. You know,
1: they're like open about it. There was some yeah. I don't remember. Some like
0: oh, yeah, somebody did say Twitter like Twitter
1: online yep. right wing influencer who was like, "Yeah, I built this guy up when uh, he was hitting Biden, but now it's going to be totally different."
0: Because they fear that RFK will take <laughs> more votes from Trump. So now they're like, it's open season on them. Yeah. So so really interesting dynamic. So anyway, Trump comes out on Truth Social and he says the following, t- talking about RFK. He is by far the most radical left person running for office, maybe ever. Look at his environmental program and close up the USA. What does that even mean, that last part? <laughs> oh, close, close up, up. <laughs> close up. Look at his environmental program and close up the USA. Uh, And this is his attempt. He's sharing like a Breitbart article. This is actually similar to what Hannity did. Mm-hmm. Hannity went, had like a whole list of things that RFK supported that were like nominally left wing in nature. Yeah. Right. Like he's against fracking. He supported Hillary Clinton. They view, you know, all the to them. They're like, oh, you know, you're the worst person in the world if if you take these right, positions. Right. And so he attacked him by calling him radical left, which, by the way. RFK radical left. Yeah. He's radical confused. That's what (laughs) RFK is. I mean, I've never seen a guy who's more like all over the place than RFK.
1: True. Very true. But most of the positions that he's chosen to highlight... During his presidential campaign are either right wing or code right wing.
0: Correct. I mean, the the big thing now he's doing the uh, we got to shut down the border. And, uh, you know, I I agree with Texas trying to overrule the federal government and put razor wire and razor buoys there to, like, kill migrants.
1: I mean, when I talked to him, the very I think the first interview that I did with him. He was in there advocating, like, we need to close our border the way that Israel does, the way that Israel deals with their border. Don't and get that, me
0: started on him in Israel. Yeah, I mean that's, that,
1: of course, previewed a lot of uh, other terrible Israel commentary to come. But that almost, like, passed without a blip, but it was a pretty extreme statement in and of itself.
0: Yeah, this man uh, deep-throats Rabbi Shmuley on a daily basis, which says quite a bit about his politics. Um, so RFK sees this from Trump. And he responds. He puts this on his Twitter account. Radical. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm doing the Trump voice for RK.
1: Do you have an RK voice?
0: Radical is shutting down the country with no due process, pushing Operation Warp Speed on an experimental pharmaceutical product, and giving Dr. Fauci, who now admits social distancing wasn't based on science, a presidential comment- commendation. I look forward to de- debating our records in San Marcos on September 16th. I don't know what he's talking about with that last part. Trumming and debate fucking RFK.
1: No.
0: What's he talking about?
1: I don't even know if any debates are going to happen. He
0: says it like it's like already locked in and on the record or something. Like, yeah, September 16th. That's so weird. Yeah. I don't know why I would do that.
1: Well, it's also telling. I mean, he he's hitting Trump from the right here. You know, he's going after him over Fauci. And um, it makes sense because this is the subject of RFK's most recent book. So he has said that he thinks he pulls more support from Trump. Um, His donor base is more Trump donors than it is Democratic or Biden donors. But the polls have honestly been kind of mixed. They've shown him taking, you know, some of the polls show him taking a little more from Trump. Some of them show him taking a little more from Biden. Some of them it's, like, really totally split. So I still think it's hard to say. And then there's the other layer of, like, he's only on one ballot right now. Yeah, how
0: many is he actually going to get on? It looks like it's a total shit show.
1: And, you know, to a large extent, like, you know, he's got a real operation. He's got lots of money that he's been able to raise, et cetera. But they just they have gamed the system, so it is kind of impossible for any independent candidate to get on some of the ballots. California is one of the most challenging ones, but all of the states are very difficult. So he's explored, like, maybe I'll start my own party, and that helps in some states to get on the ballot. And then he's also floated, like, maybe I'll run as a libertarian and make use of their ballot access, which there was Some libertarians who reacted very negatively to that because they felt like, oh, especially on Israel and Palestine, like your views are not our views. You are not really a libertarian. You can't just come in and like hijack our party apparatus to your ends. But I think it's a real open question because of those ballot access issues, how much of an impact he's even able to have on this election. I
0: think that's definitely true. It's yet to be seen how many ballots he's going to get on. And my guess is it's actually going to be really, really difficult and he won't be on anywhere nearly enough ballots. But the thing about this that annoys me is it's such it's like this the wave writing reaction with what he thinks is going to be popular online because it was really popular online. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, all, oh, Dr. Fauci and the death shot and all this stuff that, like, there's a bunch of clapping seal idiots online that love it. And that's why he's attacking from this angle. And in my opinion, it's one of the least substantive ways to attack Trump because I'm happy he did Operation Warp Speed, as any reasonable person in the country would be. And by the way, the poll show people are gen- generally happy that we got those COVID vaccines and got them out relatively fast, and they saved a gigantic number of lives. So it's like, yeah, in your little niche online subculture, you're hitting them as, oh, epic own, bro. But here in Real Worldville, people are looking at you like, What now? Yeah. You're mad at at, at Trump for rushing through a vaccine in the midst of a pandemic where we needed a vaccine? It just—like, of all the things you can hit Trump on, it's just so—oh, it's just so right-wing coded, online, wave-riding. It's just—it's just— it's so stupid. I hate it so much.
1: Well, and I think we just had a lesson, uh, yet another lesson in the Republican primary of how limited that like online wave writing direction is in terms of actual support. At the yeah. Polls. How did DeSantis go? How did DeSantis right. do? How mm-hmm. did Vivek Ramaswamy do? Yeah. Right. I mean, you could say like the fact that he was such an online candidate, it did allow Vivek to become a name, to become, you know, the, to outlast a lot of the other Republican contenders. But you also see there is a very low ceiling on where that's going to get you. Now, RFK has something else going for him, which his name is RFK Jr. And so I think some of the support that's shown up for him in the polls, if not all, not all, but the vast majority of his support is just from people who are like, don't like Biden. Don't like Trump. It's a Kennedy. That feels good to me. Let's go for it. And don't have a lot of um, real like haven't really dug into who he is, what he believes, whether you agree with him or not. And uh, we're actually doing a focus group for breaking points of RFK Jr. supporters. And so I'm actually really curious what is sort of the breakdown on how many of these people are like really into his anti-vax views or really into whatever he said about censorship, which he's flip-flopped on now with regard to Israel. But anyway, like how many of them are very familiar with the actual specifics of his policies versus how many of them are like, don't like these other two guys. Here's a different option. The name is Kenny and uh, Kennedy. I'm just going to go for it.
0: He's got one other thing going for him now as well that nobody else has going for them. What's that? He's liking thirst traps online of giant asses.
1: <laughs> that's I mean, that's a popular move. That? I did yeah, see did, that. you saw that. That's a populist move right there. So
0: do you think that was an intern or do you think that was actually him?
1: It was, it was probably him. You I think mean, it was him? Yeah, I think.
0: It's- How are you cruising Instagram as a horny however the fuck old he is? 60 something is he? <laughs> You're perusing Instagram? Looking I mean, for like 19-year-old chick showing their ass?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the most likely theory is that he thought he was on some other burner account. But
0: go act like a respectable old man and go grab a, a Hustler magazine from 1997 <laughs> or a Playboy magazine. Look,
1: he's, he's the online candidate. We we're just 2001. discussing this. He's the online candidate. He all so respectable old life. men
0: jack off to magazines like that's. <laughs> let's be serious here. If you're some goofy ass old man, I'm sorry. It's just crazy. This is just crazy to me. <laughs> He, I don't know. This, he annoys me. He irks me in, in multiple different ways. And the fact that he's put me in a position here where I feel like I'm rooting for Trump in the back and forth, is, says quite a bit. Yeah. But to be fair, the way in which Trump attacks him, I think, is also really stupid. I think the Fauci, the shot thing is so played out and so dumb. And like you missed your peak on that a long time ago. That's point number one. Point number two is but Trump saying to him like so far left, bro. Oh, you're so far. left." It's like it That's is, not even true. Right. And if it was true, that would make him super based. Right. Like, it, it, yeah. they, oh, wow. It you want true. people to have health care. Exactly. I like, oh, you want health care and higher wages.
1: What a radical. No, you know that like, I think the free market will work out. Yeah. I'll that's what I'm, how can you call him the far market left? It'll work out. Environmentalism and climate change. It's like what? Every interview he
0: gives a sloppy blowjob to capitalism. Yeah. And you look at a oh, far left, far left. Like, what are you talking about? Right. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, like you said, I think the most important point is just how nakedly transactional, like how naked their positioning on this really is, because Trump was saying lots of nice things about RFK. Yes. A lot of really on. nice
2: things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then the minute that he thought, oh, this person could be a threat to me. Let me make sure I code them as left wing. Let me try. What an like, extremist. Make He's sure so radical. No one in my camp is tempted by him whatsoever. Then the, the script is completely flipped. There were those reports. That somebody in the Trump team, which RFK claimed that somebody in the Trump team had approached him about potentially being a uh, Trump VP. I don't buy that whatsoever.
0: I, you know what? I, I semi buy it in this respect. I think there are people in Trump's inner circle who are far too online. Yeah. Who, who like the idea, mm-hmm. who reached out to people who are in the orbit of RFK. And you got some whispers. That got through to him about it. Yeah. But in terms of seriously considering like a it, real no. real
1: idea. That's and to be fair to happen. RFK, he
0: has been very clear for a very long time. I would not consider that in any way, shape, or form.
1: The latest, last time he was asked, he said he wasn't interested in it. I don't know. I, I read into it. There was a little bit of political wiggle room that he left himself there. He was like, oh, I'm very honored to be considered. But I'm not, you know, I'm not interested. But it wasn't like a hard no you know how they'll leave themselves like a little bit of wiggle room? It, it wasn't like a hard no, absolutely not. I can't stand this man. There's no way I would work for him. But as I said, uh, Trump is going to have someone on the ticket who he thinks will be 100% loyal to him no matter what. And
0: who he wants to have sex with.
1: Potentially. No,
0: 100% who, who's loyal and who he wants to have sex with.
1: So that's how Look around? at Alina Haba. He
0: picked Alina Haba for his fucking hey, attorney, and that Lord. did that worked out horribly.
1: Um, so, <clears throat> so you're still in the Christy Noem? I think it's going to be Chrissy Noem.
0: I think there's an outside chance of Elise Stefanik. Yeah. But I think it's going to be Chrissy Noem. And now I've added one more to the mix. Who's that? Donald Trump Jr. Because Mm. if Trump is convinced. I mean,
1: that's the loyalty thing.
0: Well, yeah, if he's convinced that, no, I'm going to go down on one of these 91 criminal charges. And now there's a, you know, he's being found liable on every single civil trial. So he's losing every civil trial. Right. So he probably, I'm probably gonna lose the criminal ones too. And if he thinks that to save his own ass and definitely get pardoned, he'd pick his son as his VP. Then if he gets taken off the field, his son hopefully wins in his mind and then pardons daddy. Right. Like, and that's you know, you could that's for like sure the
1: loyalty piece. Like, it's he, huge. It's definitely it's huge. gonna be someone that he feels is gonna be loyal to the yeah. end, come no matter what insanity unfolds
0: can i say final thing on these two is i think what annoys me the most about both of them is that they both posture as being like anti-establishment and Mm -hmm. Mm anti-elitist and it's like nobody in the world has the more pro-establishment and pro-elitist position than you guys on israel like the number one issue right now in terms of how important it is on the global scene yeah. Like, you both have an identical position on Israel. And it's like rah-rah genocide, rah-rah ethnic cleansing. Oh, are nice I so anti-establishment? Doesn't look anti-establishment to me.
1: Well, it's not only that. I mean, on their economic policy, you know, the Trump tax cuts, but also, as we were just discussing— RFK is all like, let the free market do its thing, and it's amazing, and it doesn't need any yeah. regulation. And he hit him on and- Fauci
0: and not on—remember when you cut taxes for the rich and 83% of the benefits went to right. the top 1% and you incentivized corporations to do outsourcing? Right. Nothing on that. Right. Nothing. Because he probably agrees with them on the tax cuts because he's a freak. Yep. And he likes giant asses on Insta, which is acceptable, but dude, you're 1,000 years old. Don't Relatable. Just don't do that. If you're how old are you? Like, come on, man. Hustler magazine, 1997. Look into. Perhaps it.
1: you don't support him on that front, babe. To be honest, I, with
0: as it. I all old dudes have to jack off to magazines. <laughs> I don't want to. Do, like, what are you gonna do? Go on Google? Uh, big boobies. Like, is that what you're gonna do? Google big boobies? You're 67, bro. Get it together. What's wrong an, with you? He's
1: an online candidate. He's down with the youths, or whatever.
0: Anyway, all right, take us to our next story.
1: Okay, so there was a big hearing uh, this week on Capitol Hill. Uh, A bunch of senators who, you know, brought in a bunch of tech executives. There was plenty of humiliation to go all the way around. Mark Zuckerberg was forced to, like, stand up and apologize to the people in the room. The TLDR.
0: He was forced to apologize? No.
1: Yeah, so Josh Hawley was like, will you stand up and apologize to these people in the gallery who have been hurt by, like, it was focused on kids and social media. And so Mark Zuckerberg, like, got up and was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what you Sorry about said. what? The I, the I don't know, actually, to be honest with you. I think it was these were parents of kids who had been, like, bullied or exposed to something traumatic and or scammed online and ended up either traumatized or some even killing themselves. So that's who he was apologizing to. It's so
0: reductive to say that is— just mark zuckerberg's fault
1: well it's also it's so reductive it's just so theatrical too of course because it's like you're united states senators you set the landscape of what the whole social media ecosystem looks like so to pretend like you're not complicit in what this you know what this structure is is preposterous like making mark zuckerberg apologize to these people accomplishes nothing look i'm down for like big tech humiliation as much as the next person but the the big picture of this meeting was that they were pushing for more censorship censorship. I mean, that's basically all their solutions sort of cut in that same direction. Wow. So another moment that really went viral and uh, did not cast a lot of glory on the uh, participant here was Senator Tom Cotton as part of this generalized freakout about TikTok and China and, oh, my God, TikTok. Lindsey Graham said TikTok was destroying the Jewish state also in these hearings. Um, so that was a, a fun moment as well. But here you have Senator Cotton attempting to grill the CEO of TikTok with somewhat hilarious
2: results. Let's take a listen. Of what nation are you a citizen? Singapore. Sir. Are you a citizen of any other nation? No, Senator. Have you ever applied for Chinese citizenship? Senator, I served my nation I'm in asking, Singapore. I, no, I, I did not. Do you have a Singaporean passport? Yes, and I served my military for two, two and a half ha- years in Singapore. Do you have any other? Do you have any other passports from any other nation? No, Senator. Your wife is an American citizen. Your children are American citizens. That's have correct. You, have you ever applied for American citizenship? Not, no, not yet. Okay. Have you ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? Senator, I'm Singaporean. No. Have you ever been associated or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? No, Senator. Again, okay. I'm a Singaporean. Let me ask you some hopefully simple questions. You said earlier, in response to your question, that what happened at Tiananmen Square in June of 1989 was a massive protest. Did anything else happen in Tiananmen Square? Yes, I think it's well documented. There was a massacre.
1: There was a massacre. So he thought that was a real gotcha, like, oh, your Chinese handlers aren't going to let you answer this question about Tiananmen Square. And he's like, it was a massacre. And by the way, I'm not Chinese. I'm from Singapore, which is a totally different country, in case you didn't know.
0: Does he not know that those are different countries? Is he unaware of that?
1: He has. I mean, this. Is, I think Senator Khan went to, like, Harvard. Of course he's That doesn't mean Dickie McGee's He He's counting on people just seeing, like, a dude who looks generally Asian and be like, oh, must be Chinese. Must be one of those Chinamen out to get us. I mean, the whole TikTok thing. It started as a panic over it, like anti-China hysteria. Now it has also morphed into a like anti-Semitism hysteria. And you know, there's all these scary scenarios they la- lay out about like, oh, the Chinese government is going to get access to your data, et cetera, et cetera. Ignoring the fact that TikTok does have a separate American corporate structure, a CEO who is not Chinese, as he says he is Singaporean, um, and also ignoring the fact that much of the Data and privacy concerns of TikTok, like these are concerns across all of social media. The data that everyone is so afraid of the Chinese government getting their hands on is already available on the open market for purchase. Not saying that's a good thing, but that's the reality we're in. So no one's ever been really able to connect the fear mongering about TikTok to an actual real world result or even potential result. Yeah, it's
0: just xenophobia. That's all it is which xenophobia and Red Scare, like, oh, they're communist type stuff.
1: I think it's sad. I think it's also, I think there's an element of, like, I don't understand TikTok. The kids are on TikTok. It must be something nefarious. And they're being
0: pro-Hamas over on TikTok. And right. there's yeah. an element <laughs> of
1: control of, like, yeah, the, oh, they're able to see these videos that, you know, the corporate media doesn't show, and they're forming their own opinions, and they're different from older generations' opinions. We can't have that. So I think there's an element of, like, kids these days, um as well when it comes to tiktok but
0: that was embarrassingly stupid from tom cotton
1: i think this is
0: a guy who um he very famously uh was defending the torture at guantanamo bay and abu Ghraib later than anybody and said we should continue doing that this is a guy who's never met a war he didn't like i mean he's literally in favor of every single even potential war and he just came out the other day and said bomb iran yeah. over what's been going on in the Middle East with he, the Shia militias.
1: deeply authoritarian instincts. It's I,
0: unbelievable. I he's the guy. Remember that around,
1: but of all the U.S. senators, if you put them on the scale of authoritarianism, oh, he's, he's as the extreme most as authoritarian. Guy. Remember <laughs> when he wrote the
0: New York Times op-ed? Yeah. Where he was the... like, just declare martial law. Just mm-hmm. send in the military. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Just do that.
1: That's right. And then, the George Floyd then
0: there was process. a backlash to that. I think the New York Times got scared and pulled it. Right. And he had the nerve to be like, look at these authoritarians pulling my... Your op-ed was like, isn't authoritarianism wonderful? Right. Now that whole point of your op-ed.
1: Is authoritarianism. And then you get a taste of your med- own medicine. All
0: right. Oh, authoritarians. <laughs> I hate, I think this guy's a fucking moron. I, I think he's one of the dumbest. And also he's got a fucking chicken neck.
1: See, I don't. Very
0: I, strange looking man. I,
1: I read him differently. I don't think he's stupid. Oh, I, think I do. think he's playing to a base that he has contempt for. And, um, you know, and yeah, is like scary and authoritarian. I don't take him for being stupid.
0: Well, he needs to fix his neck. <laughs> he needs to fix his neck. Uh, he needs to stop being the least character. He makes Wolf Blitzer look charismatic. I swear to God. <laughs> uh, do you happen to be from China? Are you a communist Chinese? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? I what I, hate he this think
1: that I, I just want to know how he thought that was going to go. You know what I mean? Like in his head when he was playing this out. I mean, honestly,
0: the, the like political realities are so separated now that that actually might still be pushed out there on right-wing Twitter as an own of that guy. Mm. Like, that's how disconnected we are now, where even something that is embarrassing to him, a different group of people are going to look at it and be like, oh, he owned that guy. He really held his feet to the fire and asked him multiple times.
1: See, I, yeah, I feel like it does the opposite of the, the point he wants to make is there's like, oh, there's this Chinese government connection still to TikTok, even though they theoretically have this separate corporate structure. But he sort of allowed this guy to, you know, make it, make the alternative point of like no i'm literally from singapore i have nothing to do with china so i didn't think it was a great moment for him well i didn't either
0: but then again i had some semblance of logic (laughs) there's a lot of people (laughs) watching that who don't so anyway could be all right let's go ahead and get to our guest guys uh very happy to bring in one of my favorite youtubers got a lot to talk about here's rm brown welcome to rm brown thanks for joining us man thank you for having me big fan obviously (laughs) big fan Mutual. B- big fan of you as well. Uh, all right. So let's start with some uh, basic Democratic primary stuff. So, um, you know, Marianne made a, a run at it and came up short in New Hampshire. You have Dean Phillips jumped in kind of late and decided I'm going to try to take on Biden. And uh, that also came up short, even though I think. I think both Marianne and Dean are staying in, which is a little surprising, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Jank tried to do it, and he hit up, like, 48 different court cases and wasn't even on the ballot in New Hampshire, but he says he's still staying in, I guess. I don't know if it's to continue with the court cases or whatever. But, I mean, look, the foregone conclusion is Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. So let me ask you your thoughts on that. Like, Did did you think that it would have been impossible for anybody to uh, sort of take him down did you think it was going to be like well of course he's going to because he's the incumbent of course he's going to be or did you look at the, you know his state where he's sort of slipping up cognitively and all that stuff and say I mean there is a lane there right somebody could actually replace him uh so what do you make of the state of the democratic race and the fact that it looks like he's basically inevitable
3: yeah that's pretty much what I we're on the same page here I, I was like well that, that's it's going to be him that's it. You know, I am kind of interested in the Chang thing, though. Did he ever even float a um, vice presidential a, a vice president? <laughs> I kind of want to hear that. Who would be vice in that situation? Who do you me. think? He's actually picking me. That would be the. <laughs> <point>. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: He's actually on the ballot in like four states. I, I didn't know that until this morning.
1: Really? Yeah. He was able to get on in a few places.
0: Yeah, I think I actually think Texas was one of those states. Um mm. And then there's three others, but he says he's staying in because he wants, uh, I don't know, he's got some jank theory about how he wants to be the anti-Trump czar oh, no. where he like attacks Trump the most and I guess try to get some sort of conclusion on his court case. But even that, it looks like they're going to punt on.
1: Um, you know, to be honest with you, I actually think that there is an alternate universe where someone who is credentialed enough, like a Gavin Newsom or whatever.
0: If he ran, you think he that- would have won?
1: I I actually think there's a possibility that if he ran someone who was credentialed enough and had already been built up by the media enough that they couldn't just completely ignore. And Also, I mean, he's governor of a giant state like that's a big deal in and of itself. And he has access to the media, has lots of money, lots of donors, et cetera, et cetera. I actually think there was a chance that if one of those people had jumped on a line and actually challenged Biden, that they could have succeeded. And the reason is and, and I think the Biden people. Felt that, too, because they made an aggressive effort to make sure all of those people were in line and get all of them behind them, especially in the wake of the midterm results that were like better for Democrats than expected. That's when they really like circled the wagons and forced everybody to stay on board, Um, because, I mean, Dean Phillips, no one knew who this guy was, right? No one had heard of him before. He jumps in the race a few weeks before voting, and what do you get, like, 28% or something? He got 20%.
0: In, but yeah, also, Biden won answer. without even being on the ballot. He won a write-in campaign I mean, with over 50%, which is way better than he did the last time around. My takeaway was the opposite. They're like, if this guy's getting over 50% with just a write-in campaign, maybe it is true that just, like, there's a majority of the Democratic base that's like, yeah, we're going with this guy.
1: I don't know. I All the polling seemed to indicate that people were—because Biden's case was always— I'm the guy who can beat Trump, right? I'm the guy who could beat Trump. That's how he won in 2020. I'm the guy that could beat Trump. I don't know. No one thinks that anymore. Like his electability prospects are severely diminished. So I do think, listen, we'll never know. But I do think there's an alternate universe where Gavin Newsom, we'll use as the example, gets into the race and voters are aware they actually have a, a real choice, and I, I'm not in love with Gavin Newsom or whatever. What but about a list celebrity? At this point. What about like The Rock? That I Something think that, like that would work too. Actually, <laughs> so that would actually work better. I think that let's would. Let's all write work him better. in.
3: Let's let's all write The <laughs> Rock in. Come on, let's get him in there. <laughs> there
1: you go. So there's it's not too late. Yeah, but uh, there was an opening because you you can't have a majority of Democratic voters being like, I wish we had other options, and I really don't want Joe Biden to w- to run again. And not there not be a lane for someone who's the right mold and the media can't just completely ignore. Because that's what happened is these other candidates they were just completely suffocated. No one even knew they were running. But
0: then why wouldn't they suffocate a Gavin Newsom campaign or Dwayne the Rock Johnson campaign too?
1: Because what I'm, what I'm saying? saying is it has to be someone who's big enough that they just can't get away with completely ignoring them.
0: I see, I mean, I see what you're saying. I think there's a logic to what you're saying. I was just a little blown away by the extent of the victory of a write-in campaign in a state where he put his middle finger up to every voter and said, fuck you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that actually sort of blew me away a little bit that maybe I was wrong and I misread the room. And the 2020 effect is still there in the sense that people really do look at Biden and go, that's the guy to beat Trump, even if he's like barely, barely conscious anymore.
1: Yeah, I don't know. What do you think?
3: I don't know. It's too bad. Didn't Mary? Um, Marianne's kind of been blacklisted a little bit, right? Like they oh, yeah. kind of tried to suffocate her a little bit. But she got big on TikTok for a while. You guys remember that? Yeah, she was mm-hmm. kind of a. Yeah, it's too bad because she is like she's interesting. She's really likable. Yeah, that that one's that one's kind of too bad for me. I was I was yeah I was sad to see you know her kind of be be shoved out. You know.
1: So are you excited for uh, Trump versus Biden?
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Amazing. I'm gonna <laughs> redo that one. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of, maybe that's the inter like interesting part in how uninteresting it is. And I don't know. I guess like the only hopeful thing about it is that people will start to um I don't know, maybe move their politics to uh to something more more local and more uh, you know, actual actually active, you know, and get involved personally, you know. I mean that to me that's the only hopeful angle. I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: I don't know if I see any hope with the current state (laughs) of affairs. I I mean, let me... Let me ask you about the Republican side because that actually is kind of interesting to me too in a similar way to how the Democratic side is interesting to me. So I very famously thought early on with DeSantis, especially after the midterms, I was like, "Oh, this guy actually has a real chance because he, you know, all the headlines saying he's the future and in a <coughs> election year that was supposed to be a red wave, it wasn't a red wave <laughs> the except the in Florida."
1: Sold him. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That wasn't a thing
0: that sold me. It was more a reflection of what I was thinking based on looking at the midterm results, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So, um, I saw that and I thought yeah, yeah, this, like, this is the upgraded version of Trump. He's Trump 2.0. It's like you drop all the drama and the pettiness and the nonsense and you just have a guy left who's exactly like Trump on policy, still yells at the media and calls them fake news and gives the Republicans everything that they want. And then that just didn't work. And you know, the longer you kept a camera on DeSantis, the more people thought like— <laughs> his lack of charisma is actually like the main problem here. And maybe they like Trump for the drama and the pettiness and all of that stuff that DeSantis necessarily doesn't have. Right. So I looked at that. And then when you look at the results coming out of uh, Iowa and New Hampshire, yeah, it looks like, You know, Nikki Haley did okay in New Hampshire, but she got, like, to 10 points within Trump. But, like, that's—if you can't win New Hampshire as a state that allows unaffiliated voters to come in and vote in the Republican primary and, you know, the demographics of the state are not hardcore white evangelical Christians. So if you can't win that state, you probably can't win any state against him. So it looks like he's going to cruise to to the nomination. What do do you make of that? Like, because my analysis now of the Republican base is very -er Doomer-pilled. It's (laughs) like— There's like no, no, there, there. there's not about anything other than he's the showman. He's the charisma guy. He triggers the people that I hate. So now I love him. Do you agree with that analysis or is there something else
3: going on? No, I think that's it. I think you got it. And it's also, it's weird too, because I was kind of like, I don't know. He got a ton of press Vivek, you know, I was, I was, you know, doing videos about him and paying attention to him and he just got nothing. Right. Which is weird because, because, yeah, he got nothing and he was he was doing the whole kind of uh, he was trying to out Trump, Trump kind of stuff. He was doing a lot of like the kind of stuff you hear on the Internet, you know, the stuff yep. you kind of hear on Reddit and sort of like, you know, YouTube and stuff. And he just got nothing. It's yeah, that that's a weird one. I mean, but he's also it's sort of like the thing you were saying with DeSantis, like they're both just like uniquely unlikable. Like their vibe, (laughs) their vibe is just off. And I think it is a vibe thing. I think they they see something just genuine about Trump. And I guess when when he comes out and he does his speeches, you know, he does a lot of improv and stuff. And I guess that's it. I don't know. They just like that that vibe would that work on the Democratic side? Like, I agree
0: with you that that kind of is the dynamic on the Republican side, that he's just such a good showman and, like, if you watch his rallies, he's gonna say some shit that you're gonna be like, oh, did he say that? Like, when he (laughs) did the Hitler paraphrasing where he was, like, poisoning the blood of our nation. It's like, oh, he did that on purpose so that there would be a backlash and then everybody would talk about it and then polls show some disgusting numbers about how a majority of Republican voters were like, Like, right on, we agree with that.
1: Love that Nazi rhetoric. But,
0: like, could that sort of showmanship, like, empty showmanship mixed with extreme charisma. Like, I don't know if that's something that works on the Democratic side, because when I look at the Democratic side, I see what the Republicans used to be, which was like, whose turn is it now who's a serious person to <laughs> lead us forward? Like that. I mean,
1: the closest you could say is to that model of just, like, charisma and showmanship would be, like, a Barack Obama That's a totally
0: th- different kind. It is, yeah. but that's
1: the type that would appeal to, like, the liberal NPR. That's, like, you know, NPR voter charisma is what Barack Obama represents you know
3: yes yes heavy npr vibe i don't know i was watching that i don't know if you guys saw any of this but that hearing about the um the social media bill that they're trying to pass for kids we were just talking about
1: that a little bit
3: yeah 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 and i don't i don't know if you guys noticed i mean it's really long it's like ah, out goes hours and hours you know but there is a way more showy like showmanship vibe on the republican side it does seem like some of them are even trying to do like stand-up. You know, there's the guy from uh, Louisiana who like the oh, epic- what, ba- Kennedy? W- what's his? Yeah, Is Kennedy. Kennedy, yeah. Kennedy, he's the epic bacon senator from Louisiana. He's al- <laughs> he's always got these like jokes that seems like he was in his office preparing the whole morning, you know? like
1: they,
3: they, they're, Yeah, there's way, m- it does seem it's like maybe on the Democratic side, they want somebody who seems like hyper-educated and hyper- competent and technocratic seeming and that's maybe their version of of show but on on the other side it's just all yeah i think it's it's they they want to be like actors and showmen and stuff it's it's wild at least that's what i saw in that hearing it's yeah it's kind of i don't know it's it's it seems pretty like out there you know
0: Trump said something interesting that stuck with me when he won. Uh, it was either Iowa or New Hampshire. I think it was Iowa. He came out there and he had um, he had Doug Burgum with him, who you got you famously interviewed. You were the only uh, news show that actually acknowledged the fact that he was running for president. Who, and you had him who, on is, who is that? Who? Doug Burgum, governor heard of, of him. North Dakota. Is it? Yes, and and so Trump was up North there, Florida. and Doug Burgum had endorsed Trump, and sort of fell in line and kissed the ring, and Trump's given a speech, and he's like you know, this guy over here, this guy, really handsome guy, really strong brow, <laughs> really incredible guy. I mean, he's done a lot of amazing things, but what he didn't understand is that sometimes you need a little controversy yeah. in order to make, you need a little bit of controversy. Sometimes <laughs> governor, it's a good thing to do a little controversy. <laughs> and I was watching, I was like, oh my God, he really does get it. Because I remember having this debate with Corin back in the day, and this was early on, like a year or two into Trump's time in office. Mm. And Corin was like, He doesn't actually mean the shit he says. He's just trying to get a rise so that like he can be in the news and everybody and there's all this movement and talk around him. And I was of the perspective like, no, he believes the shit he's saying, right? He believes it. But I, I think I'm wrong. Like I think that after watching that, that's what I see, and that that's what Republican politics has become, right? It's become this like you look at me, I'm saying the wild thing that like is polite society is gonna disagree. And then the fact that polite society disagrees, that makes a bunch of clapping seal idiots be like, now we love you even more here, take my money.
3: Yeah, it's spectacle. It's like entertainment. It seems more like entertainment. I don't know. It would be nice to live, you know, in a a situation where politics is more boring maybe, where it's just like, oh, these people work, our life gets a little bit better you know, we're more protected as normal people from, you know, predatory crap and all this stuff, you know, but we get this other version where it's like wacky and, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's like, mo- it's like a movie. It's like more like Hollywood or something. How- um, yeah, I think that, I, I don't know. I I kind of, I'm kind of with you. I, I, I really would like to see a more boring and more actual, like, you know, them actually doing things that makes people's lives better version of... Of politics uh you know and even with trump it's st- even his shtick is getting a little stale right like even i mean it's even harder for people to get maybe outraged about his stuff they're just like oh here we go again he's doing something crazy again you know it's a little yeah, bit like he needed to quote hitler now in order exactly. to get
1: the he, has to, he has to up the ante yeah exactly he it just has to keep upping the ante and it's like I don't know that he really believes much of anything, he doesn't, but that doesn't no. mean that he won't follow through. Oh, yeah, you're when right. When he says yeah. right. like, mm-hmm. the Nazi stuff and then people are like, yes, we love that Nazi stuff. It's not like he won't then be like, all right, Stephen Miller, come on down right. yeah. and do the Nazi exactly. stuff. That's right. Um, have you been following the uh, the Taylor Swift is a NATO Pfizer Bud Light? OK, so, so from what
3: so from what I understand, yeah. she is a spy. She's a spy. She's working with the Chinese Communist Party, and I do. I exclusively watch
2: like. (laughs) We've
3: got to get that straightened out. You know, that's part of it. And she's just dating this uh, football guy for some kind of cover. You know what I mean? It's it's pure spy stuff and she's got to be stopped.
1: Yeah. Am I mean, I, the only really the only reason anyone wants to date a professional athlete is if you're a spy. <laughs> but That's so my funny. experience with women. So the, <laughs>
0: the right has negatively polarized themselves into being against the thing that they just were saying, like, this is what they took from you. The 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 good looking cheerleader and the hot football player and like they're kissing after the big game win and like this is the thing there was a famous anti-semitic post a while ago where some like online nazi groiper freak was like this is what they took from you and it's, uh, it's literally like, the cheerleader like and the football person kissing <laughs> and then now that happens in reality (laughs) And they think it's like a PSYOP from the deep state where, you know, China and Pfizer are trying to poison you and put Joe Biden in office.
1: Yeah, I'm enjoying it immensely. Uh, There was one, I don't know if you saw this one, where this lady, I'd never heard of her before, but I want to watch more of her. Allison on OAN. Oh, my
0: God.
3: Oh, I love. She's my new favorite. She's my new favorite.
1: Same, same. Um, So not only is Taylor Swift a PSYOP, but and not only are all professional sports a psyop but even like the youth rec league in your yeah. local hometown that your kids are playing soccer with even that too is a psyop brainwashing oh, yeah. the children of this nation into you know voting for joe biden
3: i wanted to get totally psychedelic with this and just be reality itself is a psyop this is all an illusion you know and we, what we <laughs> see is you know just just go the full way with it but yeah i I love her. She, she is like weirdly intense. That lady and like that's the closest I've seen. Maybe I mean OAN is really like this. I've only seen like bits and part and, and pieces of it, but it does seem like a newscast within like a, a satirical movie or something. Mm, totally, like a ver- yeah, <laughs> like a Verhoeven movie or something. It's it's the closest I've ever seen to that, and she's she's like the perfect version of that. She, it's yeah, it's bizarre.
1: So Sagar was sick um, on Thursday this week. So Emily Jasinski filled in for him and I was talking to her about the whole Taylor Swift thing. And I was like, just Mm -hmm. help me understand how this (laughs) became such a thing. And she was reminding me that early, I mean, Taylor Swift has been a superstar since she was like 15, right? She was like a baby when she became super famous. And she starts off in the more country music genre, she has this, you know, perfect, like, Aryan princess look about her and didn't go, like, the over-sexualized route. And so there were a bunch of basically, like, white nationalists who convinced themselves that she was actually one of them. Like
0: a stealth like white a nationalist, stealth- <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that was at the time when the term alt-right was being thrown around. Or, like, mm-hmm. you could say alt-right, you could say white nationalist, or supremacists, whatever, but they sort of, like, convinced themselves that she was one of them. And then there was some incident where maybe like a 4chan message board of these people convinced themselves that they had named her cat because they were like, she got a cat. And the and name then they is were this, like, and
2: there's a
0: link to some. They were like some...
1: th- coming up with names of what she should name her cat, and then she, she like randomly ends up naming her cat one of these names that had been floated on this board. So, so they thought that it was, was a wink and a nod. Like proof positive that Taylor Swift was, in fact, a secret neo-Nazi. And then there was apparently some on the uh, left or liberal side who were like, maybe she is. Maybe this really? is true. I not know this, this I don't know. This is. Yeah. So and then it's after that that she comes out in 2018 as a like resistance liberal well, she opposition slammed, to Marsha Blackburn. Yeah,
0: she slammed Marsha Blackburn and she had some very mild like pro-choice comments. Right. Pro-choice, yeah.
1: pro-woman, generally like pro-woman kind of comments and then endorsed Joe Biden in 2020. But. A part of, I think, the energy around her is the sense of like, Betrayal. she should be one of us. Right. We yeah. this is the person that we think should be in our camp. Like she's not a Hollywood liberal. She comes out of she's not from Nashville, but she comes out of the country music national. So she's got this look that we think mm-hmm. is like the ideal look. She's dating the football player, but it's not like, you know, but he's like a Pfizer Bud Light football well, player. Yeah, that's so the what thing the about hell? Him that they <laughs> <hate him. Right? laughs> he was endorsed
0: by he has some ad stuff with Pfizer. And with Bud Light. Yeah, and he was, like, promoting
1: the vaccine, right? Yeah, yes. And they're,
0: like, you know, those two companies are, like, they get all the ire from the right yeah. over the vaccine. And over. But
1: I actually think it's it, like you were saying, Kyle, that, you know, the image of them, that's a, that's this sort of like, you know, classic Americana sort of like conservative, wholesome family values, whatever image. And part of the panic around it and the freak out over it is that sense of betrayal that like this should be coding for us, but, but it's not. Them
0: doing identity politics, which is the thing that absolutely. they say the most well, that they're course, against. But, they but like, they yeah, politics. they absolutely <laughs> embrace it. I mean, I was just talking about this on my show the other day that you had tim scott went on sean hannity's show they played clips of like liberals making fun of tim scott when he was being a little sycophant to trump at one of his rallies or whatever and then tim scott gets on the screen and starts playing the race card. starts saying these white liberals are racist nobody said anything about race they were just making fun of you for being corny as fuck being a bootlicker but they (laughs) immediately ran to the race card because they felt like we can use it for our own purposes now and that's exactly what it sounds like with taylor swift yeah
1: yeah
3: exactly i don't know if you guys saw that video i can't remember it's it's like a you know at a Charlie Kirk festival or whatever where the guys like, ah <laughs> uh, they got they got Taylor Swift but we got celebrities too Kid Rock, Ted <laughs> <Dead John>, Nugent, Ted <laughs> <Dead> Nugent, <laughs> John Voight. John Voight. and I was thinking maybe there'll be like a John Voigt version version of Swifties like v- Voities or something you know we got all the Voities you know. They yeah, really they got, got all the relevant. A, they got all the got, relevant guys. Yeah, they got this you know? figured out.
0: We they got, got we got Pat out. Sajak. We got that other. <laughs> we got that other game show guy whose name nobody ever remembers.
1: Ro- um, Rob Schneider. Yeah, that was uh, Jack Vasovic, and he yeah. remember yes. he was like, maybe we need to get like Ted Nugent, and Kid Rock together for a concert yeah. tour in swing states. That's yeah, acting like it's a
2: threat,
0: like we'll break out the Ted Nugent concert.
1: <laughs> yeah. You just you watch Ooh. it. You just watch as Taylor Swift. Um, what if, I, I feel like this represents, and you've probably been tracking this closely, this shift on the right where, you know, they do this stance of they trash Hollywood, they hate the culture, they hate the, you know, like Hollywood liberal elites, et cetera, et cetera. But they also so desperately want these people to be on their team that's trump yeah and so you see that with like you know the oh we got john voight and you see that with the freak out over oh my god taylor swift might endorse joe biden and then you also see it i feel like with the daily wires foray into movies and now rap songs
0: ben shapiro (laughs)
1: where it's yes,
3: like you know yes. used
1: to, it used to be in like the 90s the conservative panic was like oh this rap music is bad and shapiro will still do that remember when he read the lyrics to um to WAP, yeah 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 yep. so he'll still do that but then they also like want to be part of the culture they're like we can make culturally relevant products too
3: yeah that's actually i think is really interesting because the daily wire you know they have a real like media production machine and you know, they've made these movies that are very high production value and they, you know, produce them or bought them or whatever. But it is interesting that they could do whatever they want and they live in an era where all that stuff is very accessible and cheaper, you know, to make literally whatever movie they want. And like how like exactly they're mimicking Hollywood. Like Mm -hmm. I watched some of those movies and they're they They hit the same Hollywood rhythm almost exactly, like word for word. They just like did you watch
1: um, Lady Ballers?
3: Yep, watched it. Watched it, and it's it's it it's mimicking the Sandler, the you know the the kind of '90s Sandler era stuff. You know, it's it's just doing that stuff exactly instead of them doing whatever they want, going some totally new direction creatively and all that. They literally are just mimicking Hollywood and then tacking on a message. It's kind of fascinating. It's it's kind of crazy.
1: So it's just derivative of work from like 20 years ago, basically.
3: Yeah, and I think you're right. I think they do want to be part of hollywood i think they you know they see hollywood as this giant machine that they maybe always wanted to be part of and so instead of so it's not like you know like an independent film uh you know and there's a there's a lot of good kind of independent film now i think that goes in a totally weird different direction that they couldn't before because you would have to go through a whole machine but yeah it's it's interesting they they It it does seem like they want to be Hollywood. You know, they just want to do Hollywood, but with their political message.
1: There's a lot of failed theater kids, I feel like, on that side of (laughs) the aisle. That's (laughs) literally what Ben
3: Shapiro is. Right? That's literally what Ben Shapiro is. James
1: O'Keefe also.
0: Uh, Dave Rubin wanted to be like a star in a non-political way.
1: Didn't Crowder also?
0: Crowder. Don't get me started on Crowder. I mean, it looks like
3: there's... There's a lot of like repressed stuff going on there with that guy. I mean, have you have you have you seen his (laughs) show recently? Like, is he still even doing a show? Like I tried to look on Rumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But Rumble lies relentlessly about their view count. Yeah. I mean, it's it's
3: bad. Their view count is just totally unbelievable. There's some like there's some weird channels on there, and it's like, this this channel's getting more views than like you know, some giant channel on YouTube. That seems, that seems weird. That doesn't seem right.
0: What they didn't account for is that there's something in the laws of nature that make it so that when you get X number of views, there's X Mm -hmm. number of comments, right? Like Oh, right. The ratio of, uh, like... Uh, com- uh, views to comments is always within a similar window. Right. And so uh, they didn't account for that. And so you have these videos that say like 150,000 view video and then you go look at the comments and it's like 17 comments. And you're like that's literally impossible because you could go look at a 150,000 <coughs> view video on YouTube and look at the range of how many comments it would be and it's way above that. Right. And now there's been a number of legitimate news outlets that have reported on Rumbles basically totally lying to their advertisers and that's going to create Uh, you know, a snowball effect where now advertisers will flee them and, you know, it opens up all fraud questions and stuff like that. So I think they're genuinely in trouble.
1: Could be, could be. I'm just looking at his channel now and he did post a video, his most his most recent video was just an hour ago inside the China plot to destroy America from within Oh God! Triads, <laughs> drugs and is, murder. Oh, and it's is, a documentary. So there you go. Again, with the, uh, with the Hollywood, you have to check that one out.
0: Rogan's been leaning into this a little bit. You talked about, um, I forget the name of the guy that Rogan always cites. That's like, this, oh. have you seen what this guy said? Yuri yeah, something,
3: it, Right. Yeah. It's some dude who, uh, fled the Soviet union and he, he clearly like saw a video about it. But that, yeah, that guy has a weird backstory. And he was very embraced by, like, sort of like, you know, um these kind of right wing think tanks and stuff. But Joe Rogan loves that. It's funny. Joe Rogan's interesting because he'll find like one video and he'll form like a whole. Around it, and, and and he'll bring it up on you know it'll be like Bobby Lee or some totally like apolitical comedian, and he'll just hammer away at them with it the, with this video that he saw you know, but yeah he's been talking about that forever.
0: Yeah, he's been. Uh, I saw you were talking about he had some moments recently, or like mm-hmm. five of them. Where he is going deep on a video that's like, can you believe this? This is totally real. And then Jamie's like, I just looked it up. It's actually fake. It's actually like a skit. And he's like, God,
3: God, God bless Jamie. Poor Jamie has to like correct constantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's Jamie's always got to jump in. It's fun. It's funny. He's like always managing Joe, but I don't know. I guess it's not that surprising because, you know, they're like, they're smoking weed on the show. You know, it's like, you know there it's like a it it does seem sometimes like just a kind of hangout that goes off the rails and then jamie has to jump in you know <laughs> Shou- shout right out back. to jamie yeah yeah <laughs> shout out to jamie
1: so did you have a take on the uh ben shapiro rap video are you a fan is it one of your new favorites is it going to be on your what do they call the spotify end of your thing spotify uh,
3: uh rap 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 uh, i don't know anyway but yeah i'll tell uh, you my it's... hot take in a minute go ahead it's gonna be up there, it's gonna be up there. I've been I've been actually just streaming it over and over again <laughs> to get the number, because it's not doing great, uh, It's well, it's not doing as good on Spotify. So I'm trying to personally bump it up. I've been just on repeat listening to it over and over again. And what's weird is that it gets better with, with each listen. So it's mm. kind of like, you know, it's like a-
1: Ages well. You know,
3: yeah yeah it's almost like a david bowie or a beatles kind of thing when on on the first listen your brain can't really process it totally because of its its nuances but now i'm I'm kind of getting it you know so so i hope i i hope people i, I we we got to spread the message first and foremost of that rap you know that's what i think
0: i i don't know who the guy is that he did it with were you familiar Tom with Donald this dude. guy were you familiar with him no did he have any other songs that were a thing or
3: he he's just some Canadian up? guy who seems to have oh, jumped on that. You know he's a, yeah <laughs> uh, coming into our country. No, uh, he yeah he's just one of those guys. He's he's like the uh, who's the dude in Florida who does like uh, Trump wraps? Yeah, he's like, yeah. He's he's kind of like doing that. It's <laughs> it's like a lane, you know. It's like a uh, a lane with a built-in audience. It seems like.
1: So it says, is 2021 single Fake Woke? Marked his first appearance oh. on the Billboard Hot 100, known for his extensive tattoos and lyrics critical of current political trends. So,
0: in other words, Wikipedia. he is also like 4 blow in that all he does is like conservative. Rap, yeah, right? yeah.
1: In 2020, he released 20 singles, including White Trash, Sell Out, Best Rapper Ever, Cancer, and Angels. In March 2020, he released the single Coronavirus.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> what is it about... What is it about these uh these conservative rappers or even like we were talking about with the Daily Wire the conservative like movie folks or whatever they don't abide by like the number 1 rule of art mm. which is show don't tell. They're just like tell 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 tell. Yeah. Very very preachy in your face obnoxious, nothing subtle about it. Why are they incapable of doing that? Because it is theoretically possible to have some sort of comedy that like leans right or something but it's still funny, but when they make it e- so preachy, it can't be funny.
1: Yeah. You know what you, I'm saying? You don't think e- these lyrics are subtle? They call me <laughs> offensive, controversial. There's only two genders, boys and girls. That bro! <laughs> <plan>. You got it, <laughs> bro! They can't cancel my message because I'm the biggest independent rapper in the whole freaking world.
0: I'm against cancel culture, bro. I'm going to take that bold stand. I'm against that. Go
1: woke, go broke, no hope. It's pathetic. Pro-choice, pronouns, pro-love, you're progressives, but you ain't pro-gun. No one to protect it. Make it stop, make it stop. Et cetera,
0: et cetera. Can't deny that. Can't 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 deny that flow. Why can't they? Because every single, like, there's a lot of art that comes from laughing people. That is not political first. It just like might happen to have an underlying political. Me- like think of like Game of Thrones or something, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like the underlying message is certainly more in alignment with left-wing values. Right. But people all like it because it's not like because shoving it down your throat.
1: Or even like Squid Game, which is sort of more overtly, right. like the politics are a little more... Like but even so, it's not preachy. But it's also really interesting and it's also about human nature and, you know, anyone, regardless of your politics, could enjoy it. But yeah. Uh, tell me, you saw Lady Baller, so isn't that kind of the problem with that too, is they'll just like, you know, randomly insert some preachy sermon about whatever conservative values...
3: Yeah, Lady Ballers gets pretty close, though, because, you know, it's uh, it's an easy formula. You know, these movies, I mean, some of my favorite movies are like these kind of sports slob movies, like like I really like Slap Shot, you know, Bad News Bears and all that stuff. And it's a very easy thing to make fun of. It's like these kind of losers who it's a ragtag team that gets together and they're kind of idiots and they're like hitting each other all the time and they get together for one last sports score or whatever you know so that that's such an easy formula so they get close to just doing one of those movies but then it's like you just get kind of hit you just get kind of like blindsided by the the nonstop like daily wire commentary you know so it's just like i i feel like even if you're watching it as a fan of the daily wire you're just like i'm just trying to watch a movie you know what i mean but um It's weird. I've been uh, listening to um, Quentin Tarantino's new book, uh, where he just talks about uh, movies, mostly movies from the '70s. And there's there's actually one genre where it was kind of where where this discussion was happening, which is like the Dirty Harry era movies, where it it did like, you know, film writers at the time were like, "This is a fascist movie for Dirty (laughs) Harry." And uh, and and there was a big debate about that. Is this is this a fascist movie? Da 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 da. And Quentin Tarantino makes the point where he's like, um, he's like the politics of it. You could easily interpret as very right wing and and fascisty, you know. But the like audiences found the movies to be fun, you know, like the just the way that they're pro- produced, the way they were directed, the act, the Clint Eastwood acting. So that that's one era of, a, or one maybe you could call it right wing genre of movies. Death Wish is like that too, where it did maybe have a, a right wing political side, but the movie still actually worked. But well, because it be- wasn't that. I'll it- give
1: another example. I mean, the new top, like all the Top Gun movies, all the like it, exactly, military, like all those yep. you know that have to be like run through the Pentagon, and the Pentagon's like yes. We want exactly. this military propaganda. I mean those are all really but right-wing. But
0: there's also movies that are explicitly left-wing, but they get a cult following of people who actively misinterpret it. Mm. Like like uh, Wall Street, where everybody a Gordon Gecko, bro, greed yes. is good. And it's like yes. that wasn't that was, the point of the shit. That
1: was the opposite or point, yeah. The
0: movie Training Day, where Alonzo plays the dirty cop. And some people are like, Alonzo, yes. he's the best, bro. I would have done what he did." And it's like, that's not the the message of the, the yeah. message of the movie is well, that's bad.
1: I guess that's why <laughs> they want to make it so heavy handed, you know? Yeah, so it's that funny. There's no, yeah. there's no ability for the audience to misinterpret the hardcore right wing propaganda that they're being. But served. like,
0: if the left, like it's, it looks goofy to me when the right does it. But it would also be goofy if the left does it too. To oh, me. Yeah, me, but like, I don't see the left do that. I just, I never see that.
1: I mean, Barbie's kind of close. Is it? Yeah. to just. Barbie's like,
0: close. Yeah, Barbie,
1: Barbie is pretty close. Yeah, yeah I would say so. Um, there's another one that I was just thinking of. I really love I... But Barbie is definitely like, in terms of like liberal feminist values, you're being, there's even random, you know, speeches from the Barbies in the middle of, they have to say some like, you know, feminist speech thing that snaps them out of their Ken patriarchal trance that they've been put into. So it it is, I would say that it fits very much in that genre.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. I think maybe there's just a thing. I, I think the idea of show, don't tell is, is exactly right. Like with, with movies, you just don't, there's just something about an overt political message that just like kicks you right out of the movie. Um even there's there's a movie that's really well made called Triangle of Sadness, which has like I, even some very clever left wing political messages and it's still kind of just it pushes you out of just like getting immersed into the story, at least it did for me because it's so overt. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's like if you're gonna do a movie that has a political message, it it does kind of have to be submerged or it has to be kind of abstracted, I think. I don't know. He, and I thought, you know, Barbie was okay, you know, like, uh, but I I feel like maybe even Barbie could have done that a little bit, I don't know, it, subtler or something.
1: Yeah, I wasn't a big Barbie fan, personally.
0: I, I'm thinking of the movie, John Q. Remember that movie, John Q? Denzel really. Washington movie where he doesn't- Oh, right. He has health care, but his health care gets, like, revoked. He doesn't know it. His kid gets sick, needs to get all this treatment. And then he, like, ends up storming the hospital with a gun. And, and like, that was sort of explicitly political, but it wasn't talked about in explicitly political terms within the movie. So it feels like they got away with it. You know what I mean? Like, the message is clearly everybody has a right to have health care. But it's put in this case of, like, a beautiful detailed story where you're more immersed in the story than you are in the broader political message. And like you take away the political message on your own, but they're just showing you like what is in the story. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I think the other element is if you are making a very overtly political film, like a Barbie or like a lady ballers or whatever, and you're hitting people over the head with it. And also the message in the takeaway is like something we've all heard 3000 times before. There's -hmm. you're not digging a level deeper. There's no new analysis. There's nothing that's like revelatory or eye opening about it. It's just like, you know, the same old like feminist thing that we've heard a million times, the same old like, you know, there's only two genders thing that we've heard a million times. If you aren't pushing us beyond that, then that also, you know, is perhaps it would be more interesting if you had the super overt political message, but then it leads you somewhere surprising or there's some sort of eye-opening conclusion or awakening or whatever that they arrive at. But if it's just the same old like standard political drivel drivel that you could get from Dennis Prager or from MSNBC (laughs) any day of the week, then what are we really doing here?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, maybe that's why John Q is such a good example, because it's like rather than just like tacking on the message, you just like, Okay, what's the actual like on the ground reality, and then you kind of represent that fictionally. I think is that that could be the smart way to go. Oliver Stone is kind of good at that too, like the Wall Street example. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it's just like let's try to do an actual like, let's look at the, the kind of reality what Wall Street is really really like, and the kind of uh, you know insider trading stuff and the scamminess, and let's get really good characters and all that stuff and yeah i think wall street pulled it off too you know but uh yeah maybe that's what you have to do you have to kind of either really get into the reality of it or try to figure out how to not make the message so obvious like you were saying crystal yeah
0: and i just don't see that among the daily wire types it's all just shoving it down your themselves um yeah so uh, before we wrap up, let me ask you about the general election. It, I've, I'm i really interested in the fact that there are some people on the right, like Ann Coulter, for example, who is 100 percent convinced Trump can never win a general election now. Uh, and then you <laughs> also have people on the left, like Cenk Uygur, for example, who is 100 percent convinced Biden could never win a general election now. And When I analyze the situation, I see a number of very concerning factors for both Biden and Trump, respectively. Um, Biden has collapsed with Arab-Americans and Muslim-Americans. He had 60 percent support in Michigan among that community, and it dropped all the way to 17 percent as a direct result of the war in Gaza. Um, We have there was a poll that came out that had him four points underwater with Latinos. He dropped from like 85 percent support in the black community to 63 percent support. Um, There was a poll that had young people, but Trump was beating Biden with young people by four points. But then you look at Trump, there's also some equally concerning factors. I think he's still in massive trouble with like suburban women in particular in New Hampshire. There were some red flags with the independent in the independence they almost all went to Nikki Haley yeah. massively it was only like the hardcore republican base that they're, really came out in support of Trump
1: They're losing the Swifties
0: They're losing the Swifties <laughs> that's obvious too and there's a lot of them So when I look at that I mean I ultimately I land on I don't know what the hell's going to happen but if I had to guess I do lean a little more against Biden because all there's like a trend of polls in swing states where Trump's winning like 5 of the 6 swing states and winning them relatively comfortably do you have a sense of uh, where the race is at right now and what do you think is likely to happen?
3: I think we're in the same spot. I looked at those same polls too. I think I maybe even looked at them after I watched a video uh, that you made. Yeah, I think I'm uh, I'm in the same spot. It's uh, It seems like a little bit, uh, I guess there's a little bit of a, a toss upside to it, but then you look at those polls and you're like, okay, looks like Trump could win again. Um, who knows? I guess, but yeah, it seems like there's at least a chance that Trump could win again. I mean, I don't know how the, you know, uh, these court cases are going to affect anything. I mean, yeah, we're in the we're in the same boat. It seems like who knows. But then you look at the polls. I guess, I guess that's the best we can do, right?
0: Yeah, the 91 criminal charges is the biggest thing to me that like this could play a massive factor in the race because you, do you have the thing in Colorado and what is it, Maine also, where they kicked him off the ballot and now that's probably going to go to the Supreme Court and mm-hmm. they're going to figure out what are we going to do with this? But the 91 criminal charges, because it seems very possible to me that Trump becomes a nominee, we get to the general election, before voting day, we have some guilty you know, decisions on mm-hmm. some of the 91 criminal charges mm-hmm. and that comes with time behind bars. And it's like, what do you do? Do you take the guy who's leading in the polls and the favorite to be the next president and say, sorry, you're guilty of these crimes. You got to go behind bars. Like it just seems to me like there's going to be some sort of another massive giant constitutional crisis before we get the next president or the same president back in office. You know what I mean? It seems like that's unavoidable at this point.
1: I'm also very skeptical, though, of these polls. There was one that just came out where it was like 57% I think was the number of voters were like oh I wouldn't vote for Trump if he was convicted of a federal crime. But people are very bad at predicting how they're going to react to different news events.
0: But if he's in jail though, doesn't that make it like how are you going to vote? And that's for a him? question
1: of timing too because I don't know if we'll, cuz you got to think, you got to get a verdict, then you got to go through the appeals process, then if that's he's still found guilty, then you got to go through a sentencing process, which is a whole separate process. So I don't know if that's going to all, if any of that is going to come to a head before November. So you
0: think it's more likely that it's after the general election or even after inauguration that we get a conclusion? Is that what you think? I
1: I don't know. But I think that's very possible. None of these things seem to be moving too quickly.
0: But I like how we're having this conversation and nobody seems to know. And nobody seems to be reporting on or care.
1: But Like, I don't yeah, think that, maybe I'll be in prison
0: well, before the, the general election bad. inauguration. There's maybe not. There's
1: no way you can know. Like, that's the thing. There's really no yeah.
0: way you can know. I no. hate this. I hate this so much. The idea, like, isn't it in the Constitution that you're supposed to get, like, a speedy, speedy trial? trial? And then now we have this thing like, maybe in four and a half years we'll figure out what we're going to do with you. Like, what are we doing here? What it's like with the border. How it's like, you got all these issues at the border. And it's like, we know you need more immigration judges send more immigration judges. And it's like, no, let's just keep these people in limbo for like a year and a half while they figure out what the hell's going on and they're eating bread with cheese every day. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. It seems like nothing works anymore.
3: Nothing functions anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have uh, been paying any attention to the, what is it, like the Fannie Willis thing where she's mm-hmm. got like sort of a controversy <laughs> now, which, yeah, that almost seems like a like a movie twist or something, you know what I mean? It's like- Probably I saw the would. headlines. Do
0: you know the specifics? Because my, my gut reaction to it was like, oh, they're just doing a witch hunt no. back at her because they don't like to, that she's I going mean, after that Trump. That is
1: true. But I also think she, it appears, was having an affair with this dude that she picked to be the prosecutor. And when he was picked, the reason this got looked into is because people were like, why did you pick this dude? He's just some like random <laughs> right. suburban like divorced lawyer who has no experience at this level. And then, lo and behold, oh, he's getting a divorce from his wife. Oh, Fanny Willis is being called to, like, you know, be involved in this divorce proceeding. So, it, oh, they were going on vacations together. It looks like they were having an affair. It's, you know, not 100% confirmed, but it looks like he was able to settle the divorce so that they didn't have to testify about this specifically. So, I don't know if it's going to derail the case or whatever, but I do think there was some there, there in terms of the allegations, like- which is like, how can you, if, if you know how sensitive this is going to be and how open to criticism from all, like, how stupid can you be? Um, by opening yourself up to this type of situation.
0: Does that really derail it, though? Or is it just like he's maybe not the best guy to be the prosecutor? I
1: mean, it's a conflict of interest. I don't friggin' know. But the legal experts were like, oh, it probably won't kill the case. But Trump is fighting more on political grounds than he is on, like, legal grounds. So...
0: That just seems so minor to me.
3: Yeah, it doesn't seem like anything that should really affect the case or anything. But it's just like, uh, I don't know, it's, I guess, sort of a funny twist. It's, I don't know, it seems like maybe... It should be like okay, we're gonna find another guy or something, and that should right, be yeah. it. No, yeah. Nobody, yeah, nobody should ever care about it again. But it's, yeah, it's funny how it, it grabbed a bunch of headlines. I guess you know, I don't know. I mean, it's but definitely yeah, you're right. conflict
1: of interest. Like, yeah. it's definitely a conflict of interest. So if should, were, it, co- should yeah. it completely derail the case? No. But Mm -hmm. again, you're doing him unbelievable favors by letting him say like, oh, you got your, you know, boyfriend to charge me and you paid. He also got paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars to do it. So um, on the bat in the battle of political opinion, it's a major win for Trump.
0: But, you know, this this sort of reminds me of like the um, the thing that happened with Claudia Gay, the head of Harvard, Mm -hmm. how they started going after her because of the way she answered the question on Mm -hmm. uh, the pro-Palestine protesters, and they asked her if they were calling for genocide of Jews, would this be against school policy? And she basically was like, yeah, if there's a direct threat of violence, it would. And they thought, you know, that's not good enough. And then they dug to find, like, some plagiarism thing. And then they kicked her out because of the plagiarism thing. But we all know the genesis of it was they didn't like the answer she gave Sure. on the pro pal yeah. it, it seems like that to me. It's like, we found there's... this really obscure reason to get rid of you. Like, you had an affair, and you picked this guy. And, like, so now we're going to open up the gates of hell. Yeah. Like, this is I a mean, bigger crime than Trump's 91 there's, criminal charges.
1: Yeah, there, there's a lot more there there than there was with the, like, you know, decades-old or whatever plagiarism charges with Claudine Gay. That she picked this, you know, guy out of obscurity who wasn't really qualified. So pick
0: to a do new guy. This, so pick a new, new guy. Like yeah, that. doesn't seem saying, that difficult. Like,
1: it was not a wise choice on her part. There is definitely, there there. It's I know, definitely guys, a conflict of interest these people if the are allegations masters. are correct. And, I mean, there's no doubt about they're motivated to, like, tear her apart. But she should know that going in. That's why it should I know, be but un- unimpeachable what she's doing.
0: Also, they're masters at turning the table. They do it all the time. It reminds me of when Trump was called on the grab by the pussy i do not even wait comment with uh, Access Hollywood or whatever it was. And then at the very next debate, he showed up and he brought in the audience, like, eight of Bill Clinton's accusers. And was like, what I did was just talk. It was just locker room talk. These women were actually assaulted, and Bill Clinton's to blame. And he was able to take something that was a massive political loser for him, and he just flipped it. He just yeah. flipped the script. But
1: again, this is for C. See- of course, they're gonna do that. Like, of course they. I know, gonna look but they're really fucking good at, so they're really good at it. They're really good at it. So don't just like hand them a hammer that they can use against you, which is effectively what no, you did I with.
0: agree. But now that we're in this position, how do we proceed? Right. And my reaction to that is just pick somebody new and move on. Yeah,
1: I agree. with but that. But
0: they're gonna try to look at it and be like, nope, you got to drop all the charges That's now definitely
1: but i mean i don't think that'll work out but yeah it's it was not a helpful development let's just say well
0: Jack smith they got nothing on jack smith right jack smith is still jack smithing out there i guess so that is one stoic man he is one stoic looking man and i'm intimidated slightly when i look at him i'm afraid he's going to charge me with something do i have some unpaid tickets maybe maybe i do stay away jack. He's, come, he's coming after you he's coming after you
3: Let me give him the dirt on you guys i'll flip immediately
1: <laughs> <laughs> um well, thank you so much. It's always so great to see you and tell people where to subscribe to your channel.
3: Oh, yeah, it's r m Brown on youtube uh yeah, check it out and i i yeah, I always love watching you guys, you know to my favorite uh people on on the internet so yeah, thanks for having me.
0: highly recommended his channel really, really funny. Yeah. definitely check it out,
1: yeah, does a great job uh uh. Tearing apart some of the more ridiculous aspects of the right, so that is true. Look forward to your
3: takes. Yep. Thank Aww. you, brother. Th- thank you, guys. See you later. All right. See later. You soon.
0: All right. So that's RM Brown. Always fun and nice talking to him. He's one of the funniest guys, man. He's one of the funniest guys. I don't know if he. Uh, I never. I don't know if I ever asked him this, but does he do like stand-up comedy, like proper stand-up comedy? Because he mm-hmm. should. Because he's that. He's that funny you know?
1: Yeah, he's got an eye for it.
0: When he does his show, he's able to also use, like, sound effects and editing and zoom-ins and zoom-outs and funny noises and stuff, like, to also uh, you know, make it hilarious. But he also is that kind of guy where, when he starts talking, it's just the way he talks makes you, like, smile and laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's some, I don't know what it is. Some people have a tone that they hit or a way they talk, where you're Needed just like, timing.
1: Ha, 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 you're so
0: funny. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. But he does do a fantastic job, like, pulling the most absurd clips from the the online right in particular and like just exposing their absurdity. Yeah,
0: it's refreshing because a lot of those people who he's making fun of take themselves way too serious and so they've true. generated massive, massive audiences. And it's just like you look at it like, how the fuck did this person become big and get such a following and people actually listen to what they say
2: yeah and then
0: he's there to just tear him down (laughs) with comedy it's almost very john stewart-esque in a way yeah you know like if john stewart wasn't coming back for his show or if i had to pick somebody to do a daily show type i'd probably pick him
1: he would do a great job he would
0: do a great job he's he would he's very incisive pulls no punches um highly highly recommended rm brown check out his channel amazing Yep. All right, guys. We love you. We'll see you next week. Everybody do us a big favor. Sign up on Substack. Uh, Five bucks a month gets you the video of every interview, and it gets it to you a day early. Thank you to everybody who already has signed up and helps us out. We will talk to you all soon. Peace.